Hello, hello, hello everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of Up and Down and All Around. Once again, I am the host with the platform most, Troy here, and we're back at it with a regular episode again. I know it's been a little hot minute, I do apologize with that, again, life can get crazy sometimes, but I'm glad to dissect a game in our normal format once again here with a good friend that I'll introduce in a moment uh, here. But I am very excited because it's probably our first somewhat newest. No, okay, no, wait. We did do the SpongeBob uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom remastered right around right when it, when it came out. So, But this is our first recent game that uh, is original game that is brand like that that's new. I don't know what to call it. Basically, these are like one of our normally we have been talking more like games that have came out have have been out for quite some time. I think the at this point the most recent game outside of that remaster was Price Celeste. That sounds about right. But I I digress either way. But it, we're talking about a new game and it's going to be a good time. Uh, and it's actually a new game of a, a series that we have talked about before. Uh, a, a certain Bandicoot that we all love near and dear to our hearts. Yes, we are talking about Crash Bandicoot, and we are talking about the latest game of the franchise here, which has been a journey. I would never expect this to come out in the year of our Lord of 2020, but I'm glad that it did because it definitely, uh, definitely have some, there's a lot to dissect about here. I, I and I'm I got the perfect host to talk about it because we definitely have our love for Crash Bandicoot, and I think we're gonna. It should be a fun time. So I hope y'all enjoy this. But without further ado, let's get into the 2020 Toys for Bob and B Knox Crash Bandicoot Four. It's about time. Crash Bandicoot. At last, I, the great Neocortex, have you right where I want you. And now, the final blow! Hush, simpleton. Face it, Entropy. It's going to fail. Again! At least Uka Uka and I attempt to free us from this prison. I won't sit idly by and listen to your inane ramblings for another decade. Shoo.
Is he dead? Leave him. He served his purpose. <laughs> Portends an event of reality shattering proportions. I feel it emanating from insanity peak. Quickly, we must go! Crash! 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. I, I get a kick out from that every time. So that was just the introduction of Crash 4. Uh, it's about time, the opening cut scene here. And here with me today to talk about this blast from the past it's not a good way to describe this game i don't know anyways but give it up for good friend of the show and we have uh and a uh, guest host of our lovely Sp spyro entered the dragonfly episode conrad how you doing my friend i'm doing well how's it going you know it's going well i'm glad i got to do this game with you um, you know, I I got you for this particular game because I like like I mentioned before, like in our Spyro episode, our I feel like our friendship has kind of started like started forming because of our mutual love for Spyro and Crash Bandicoot. And I knew you were one of the first people who probably texted me when this game got announced, and I just knew like right because it was right when this game got announced. It was right around the time I started the podcast. And I knew, like, okay, if I do eventually talk about this game, I have to have you on it. So I'm just happy that I got you on it, and I'm happy that this game kind of turned out the way it did, and we got a lot to talk about here. So I'm just happy to have you here, long story short. <laughs> the announcement was crucial. I had to let you know. I know. You, ha you had to let me know, and you ought to let me know, like, your play-by-play, because you played the game before I did. You played it when it came out. Yep. Oh, that was a pre-order the instant I heard. I so I wanted to pre-ordered it, but uh, as many of our viewers should know, um, I only really have a Nintendo Switch. I do have a PC, but um, it's not exactly the best. But I don't think it came out on PC right away. I think they just dropped it on PC recently, like with this, with the Switch port and the uh, PS5 and Xbox Series upgrade. So, um, but you were you were you were telling me all about the game, and it just made me jealous because I wanted to play it so much and all this but let's kind of get into it a little bit so normally we would talk about like our personal attachment with the game or stuff like that but since the game is still relatively new i think it'd be interesting to kind of talk about what was our personal attachment with this franchise and what this game kind of represented when it first was announced to us like for me yeah crash was the original trilogy back on the ps1 like that's the original series that i played uh-huh i started with two i never even played crash one for a while i crash one was the last one i actually played myself yep same here and i don't even remember how i first got it how i started but it was the one series that my dad and i we would always play my dad wasn't a huge gamer but when it came to crash it was that is the series for him yeah. So that was like a bonding moment across the entire family and Spyro as well. That's so super cute. I, I wish I had that. Nostalgia for Crash 2 and then Warped shortly after that. So I think I start. So, like, 
I might have mentioned this in my Crash Warped uh, episode with my friend Alex. Uh, not not our our mutual our friend here uh, Alexander, but another fr another friend of mine who's named Alex. I, I know too many people with the same name. Uh, but I I did have Crash. I did grow up with the Crash franchise, but I didn't really play it till later as a kid. I remember having like my grandma's. Uh, she got she had a PS One. She got us a PS One for Christmas because it was like the PS Two was already out. Like you know, because it was pretty much like you know. You could get it for a reasonable price with a lot of games, mm -hmm. and what the two, the two box sets that she got us was the Crash Bandicoot box set, which oddly enough did not come with Crash One, Two, or Three. It was Crash Warped, Crash Team Racing, and Crash Bash. <laughs> so um, I only got the I played Warped first, and then two, and then one. So I went backwards. Uh, but I really liked Warped. I love Crash Team Racing. Crash Bass is a different story. Um, and I also got the Spyro Trilogy, which was obviously 1, 2, and 3. Yeah, Crash Bash was... I love it, but it's also dumb. It's not as bad as Sonic Shuffle, but it's not... Like, it doesn't hit the highs that Mario Party hit. Let's just, just say that. Oh, yeah, but I don't get as mad playing Crash Bash at my friends than I do playing Mario Party. That's fair enough. I feel like that's a whole other conversation for another yeah. day. Oh, but yeah. uh, so, but I did like, I do love Crash. Like, I do love the, uh, like, I, ha I have a personal attachment with Crash. Obviously, I probably prefer Mario, obviously Mario and Sonic over it. And even Spyro, because I think the Spyro game to me has aged in a better light, personally. But I still have fine charm with Crash in the gameplay, especially the original trilogy gameplay, and also his, his character design. I really do like the design of the characters. I like the Looney Tunes-esque Saturday morning cartoon aesthetic that they kind of go with the, the stories. And even like the world design, and even to this day, like, it's still very unique. Like, you, like they take a unique track of like jungle, castle, kind of like... An, like some other theme worlds that you don't see in necessarily platformers that I always do admire about the craft series. But yeah. obviously as time goes on, my, I, I still love the trilogy, like the, the, the trilogy, the original trilogy that eventually would become the insane trilogy. But definitely my love for the Bandicoot had fade because of just really rough games. Like, People say Sonic went through some shit. I feel like Crash went through some shit as well. Like, probably even more so because the franchise died at some point. Like, Spyro. Like, both of those series were dead on dead on arrival. Yeah, the PS2 hit and then just it started going down. Like, I looked at a list of all the games and there's this whole chunk of time before the Insane trilogy that I didn't know existed. I'm about to say, because I think, like, what, Wrath of whatever not raffle cortex uh crash of the titans which was like the last game was like 2010 yeah 2010 2009 crash of the titans 2007 shit that's yeah. and then it completely disappeared from me there yeah damn dude it's just oh oh man that's uh damn that's i that's way longer than i expected but granted like spot yeah the boy is back and i'm glad about that so obviously we kind of knew this game might have been happening because the Insane Trilogy would came out in 2017. Vicarious Visions, fantastic remake of 1, 2, and 3. Uh, did fucking Game Busters. Like, it was... 
a juggernaut in its own right. Like it sold really well just on PS4. And then when it got onto other consoles, I'm pretty sure it sold a lot more. And then just opened the doors to Spyro getting the same treatment, which did as well. The Crash Team Racing Nitro Field, which was a very great remake, even though it had some issues regarding microtransactions. But, you know, like, we we had a feeling this game would have been happening. This was gonna, was gonna happen. What was your thought when you finally saw they confirm... Not only confirm this game, but confirm it the way they did. Of basically saying this is the true fourth, fourth game of the franchise. I had some mixed feelings. Okay. Of course, with the remakes, those were absolutely fantastic. So Nitro Fueled and the Insane Trilogy. But there were still, I'm going to call it some trust issues. I, I, warped. I, I, kind of, I was, I feel I was, I was in the same bait as well. Yeah. Don't call it number four until it's out. Don't get too cocky. Cause that's what Wrath of Cortex was supposed to be. Yeah. And that one just wasn't a terrible game, but it just felt so lazy. It didn't yeah. feel like crash at all they didn't take any risks the only compliment i can really give it is the hamster ball levels i actually did enjoy those i did I like the hamster nice new mechanic yeah i like those too and i mean i would just say the same like i don't think crash raffle cortex is a bad game at all but it's definitely very uninspired but granted that game had a very rough really rough development of rush so it's like one of those games it's kind of like enter dragonfly where you can just tell this game had a very troubled development but the difference is like Enter the Dragonfly was a complete dumpster fire where Wrath of Cortex at least had some savable attributes to it. Yeah, and the other part that just concerned me is when you do a reboot, so Insane Trilogy and Nitro Kart. Yes. Or, sorry, Nitro Fueled. They have the base to already build on. They don't have to necessarily make anything new, whereas with Crash 4, it was all going to have to be essentially new. Yes. You know, new story, new characters, new mechanics. And I can already say when I booted it up, I got a little concerned when it said Toys for Bob. Not because it's Toys for Bob, but because I saw how great the remakes were between Vicarious Vision and Beanox. I sort of like, this is a different developer. Then Beanox's name came up and I said, okay, okay. Uh, so you didn't know and Toys for Bob actually was making this until you got yeah, it. Yeah, I had no idea beforehand. That's... That kind of blows my mind because that was like one of the first things I noticed um, when the trailer dropped when they said Toys for Bob was making it. I was like, oh, and it also made sense because I think like Vicarious Visions, like if not was announced like short uh, before, but shortly after Crash 4, they were uh, busy doing the um, fantastic Tony Hawk remakes. So, you know, they they were doing their own thing. And Vicarious Vision did have a hand in this, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, they just did, but for the most part, they just did the cutscenes. But yep. my, so my reaction with this, I was excited because it looked very promising. It looked like, it looked like what the true fourth game of the franchise should have been. But I definitely was a little bit concerned because, yeah, you know, before Insane Trilogy and Nitro Field, which again are fantastic games on their own right, but they are just remakes at the end of the day. And this is a totally original game. You have a lot when you make it like the next number number, excuse me, 
numbered entry of a franchise especially a very beloved franchise like crash you definitely have some hurdles to jump just with fans perception granted also you're trying to introduce a whole new generation to this character so i get the i get the little bit of trust and also i've been very impressed with activision's handle of crash and spiral the last couple years but I'm not going to lie, I still don't trust Activision as a company in general, as a publisher, just because they do dirty shit. Um, and especially with Nitro Fueled, how they did the tr microtransactions after the game came out, definitely rubbed me the wrong way. And it definitely made me wonder, okay, what bullshit are they going to pull with Crash 4? So, I, I, I was excited, but I was a little nervous as well. Yeah, but I can say I am happy with the results i am very happy with the results as well um it's not a perfect game but i think honestly it for what it was trying to do it was a fantastic game for what it's trying to do it literally does feel like the fourth game of the franchise like to the point like and i probably will compare this a lot playing crash 4 made me think about sonic mania a lot because it kind of had a similar boat um like you know it's a game that owes a lot of its identity to the previous games but still does enough new ideas where i want to see more of the new ideas and unlike kind of sonic mania i will say like crash 4 they definitely got to play with the new ideas a lot more than sonic mania did yeah. uh, but let's i feel like we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves here but let's kind of like um uh, let's kind of talk about kind of like our like talk about the kind of now going into the game a bit uh talk about the story a bit so this is canon now this is the fourth game of the franchise this does pick up after uh crash bandicoot warped uh the original insane trilogy um where you see uh uka 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 entropy and cortex trying to get out of their little time area that they got stuck to but I already, right from the get-go, right from the opening cutscene, I already loved this game because of the subtle, the animations, which we said, uh, uh, Vicarious Visions did help. I love, I, I love the cutscenes. Like, the animation for this game is so damn good. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the, the cutscenes are so, so good. So, we're probably gonna, I'll probably will say that a lot here as we go for the story. But I also love, like, the subtle references, like, the number of times, like, when Cortex said it, they're gonna fail we're gonna fail again it's like he points to a title mark tally mark and if you actually count the tallies it's actually the number of crash games that actually has came out <laughs> but then later they redcon all the games after warped i know i love it and i love it how and it's not like a very it's a very nonchalant it's just like yeah, it's very subtle when uh the masks ask how many times have you beaten this guy goes, three really three. and then he just goes feels like more than that i laughed so hard and that was in it's the trailer so it's so subtle but yet a strong jab yeah it's it, it's it's it is like a strong jab but it's like you can tell like they're trying not to shit on the people who make them but it's like yeah we know the franchise got a little rocky but i i, I did they're really cocky and i give props to them for putting that in because if this didn't come out as a true successor then they just embarrass themselves oh yeah but because it is truly number four it's one of the best jokes oh yeah it totally is one of the best so it's definitely like the cocky and stuff like that 
but also I think they are aware because they knew they had a good game in their hands, especially after like you know the foundation that Insane Trilogy built. Like they, it was in a good spot. Yeah. So that was my one thing of where I did trust it. Of Insane just came out, everyone's been reminded what it's supposed to be. Yeah, like what makes this franchise work? So, but um, so yeah, they uh they're able to escape their time prison and basically. Uh, get the elemental mask to basically rip dimensions. So they're not even going through time. They're going through different dimensions, which is obviously a lot like an oddly logical uh, next step from time travel because warped was all about time travel. Now this is also has time travel elements, but also going through different dimensions because that's how we get other characters to join the party, which I I was shocked that they finally acknowledged Tanya's existence because, like, again, they don't really mention Tanya after one. Mm -hmm. Which I'm kind of glad because, again, I, I have a very weird thing with, like, obviously a character that is over-sexualized in the game, but it gets even weirder when that character is not human, but it's built like a human. Well, uh, they first think that in the Insane trilogy. Yeah watch the comparison between crash one where she was sort of a helpless damsel in distress and at least the beginning of the insane trilogy she tried to fight back yeah she tried to fight back and then in it's about time she's hardcore she's a punk she's badass. a punk like punk <laughs> like steampunk uh steampunk woman and i love it like yeah i like i really like how they brought back tanya and i like that it's a different universe's tanya and I, I liked like I liked the implements of her and also um and again this is all spoilers at this point as you haven't noticed so we're gonna talk about everything about the game but one of my favorite attributes is they brought back Dingo Dial but he's actually like a good guy or a guy who just kind of gave up his ways of villainly just to open up a chain of shitty restaurants <laughs> like D for delicious D for delicious I know and then it's like no it's actually not the past D Oh god, like that game. Like I love how they did Dingle Dial. Yeah, like I love how they brought Dingle Dial into it, but he's not the villain. He actually helps you and it fits his character because he definitely had a villain attribute, but he definitely seems like a guy who's just like after many failed attempts is just like, "You know what? Fuck it. I just want to open my own chain of restaurants." I just love it when villains are always like, Ugh, "I don't want to come back." Yeah. But I'm forced yeah, and you can. I also like that they didn't really double down on a lot of bringing back every original, like every villain from the franchise. Like they brought back N, uh, N. Oh fuck! What it's like not insane or engine, engine and um, embryo, embryo. Which I'm glad because embryo, like they brought him back and then they don't bring him back. Like, but embryo is actually one of my personal favorite villains in. in oh, yeah. Yeah, and I love, and they definitely got what makes Embryo great in the game, as well. But outside of them and Uka Uka for a hot second, and an Entropy, and obviously Cortex, there's not a lot of new villains in this, <laughs> or like not even like new villains. They don't even bring back like old villain. Like they didn't bring back Tiny Tiger, which actually surprises me because I thought he's more of the fan favorite. Um, if I recall, I'm not sure though. I think he popped. I heard he pops up in, I believe, Cortex Castle, but not as a character. He's in a painting. Oh, which makes sense. I can see that. I need to verify that myself. 
Yeah, I the guess... only real new villain I can think of right off the top of my head is the female entropy. Which I really love. Like, I, yeah. I definitely got some opinions on that, like, that relationship, which I really do love. But I think that's, like, the right move. Like, don't bring back, like, you know, bring back enough fan favorites, but don't, like, you know, just go for the nostalgia thing. Like, try to make it your own identity and make it feel like it, it, it is the true predecessor to, crap, like, you know, the original Crash trilogy. But yeah, based... don't have a ton of new things in there. I mean, really, the new characters are the new masks, and they're used perfectly. Oh, they're used very well. And there's uh, legitimate story reason why they're there, and yeah, I actually affect the gameplay. Yeah, so like basically, yeah. So as to like, you're basically the whole gist of the game. You're going through different dimensions and different points of time to stop Cortex and Entropy. But at cer a certain point, you start. Cortex becomes a playable character because Entropy basically betrays Cortex, which, I mean, obviously, I don't even think that's a spoiler. I feel like you see that coming right from the get-go. Oh, yeah. Like, you can just see their relationship that you could tell it's not really the, the greatest. And you can tell, really, Entropy's the one who's really the mastermind, which I actually like how they did Entropy. Because Entropy felt like a very cool villain that was a little underdeveloped and Crash Warped. And they really got to show his menacing side in this game. And to the point that I hope we get more games where he is a villain. Because Entropy is a really good villain for this franchise. I can definitely agree with that. He's it's, the only one that feels competent as a villain. Yeah, because, I mean, Cortex kind of felt competent in the first one. But obviously, after as the series progresses, they could definitely tell he is a little bundling. He definitely falls into the kind of the Bowser and Dr. Robotnik. Granted, that's why I think people love the character because like Bowser and Dr. Robotnik, there's like, you kind of can relate relate to their, like them just not being as competent for their plans. Exactly. I love Cortex. I'm not. Oh, I fucking love Cortex. Like, I'm, not, I'm not dissing him at all. It's yeah. just Entropy has the more menacing calculated feel to him. Oh yeah, I, I agree. And I think that's why him as the main villain of the game really works oh yeah uh, and things like that like i like how they brought everybody back and how i like that it's a continuation of war but instead of like going through time you're also going through dimensions and things in that na nature here and i like that they brought back tanya and i like how they brought her back in a very unique way and i like dingo dial and things in that nature and you know it's just it's just a good time it's just a good yep. time and yeah we'll, we'll talk about the ending in a bit here but i do want to talk about the game a bit more the gameplay so the gameplay is honestly feels like a tr like again like sonic mania a true predecessor for what it came before it like straight up the first game like not the first game the first level honestly feels like a a throwback to literally the first craft bandicoot <laughs> oh, i mean it feels just like <clears throat> the first levels in at least one and two. Oh yeah and then of course there's all the fan service in the beginning including the spyro floaty oh dude not even just in the beginning like throughout the game like oh there... yeah but i mean right off the bat and you have the tv that's playing all the different crash all three yeah game. all four games and if you and hit it that same sort of simple feel to it but you get the idea of how crash feels and he feels just like how he should oh yeah and like, I was just, 
I mean, just in the beginning, I instantly knew this is going to be a great game. Just the yeah. way it feels. It, it introduced very well. Like, it, again, it's like just like Sonic Mania, where it's like, it's a like the first zone is Green Hill Zone, but uh, as you get to Act Two, you kind of realize like it is a different game, but everything that's like fundamentally what works about the past games is here, with a like a little twist. Because um, this game was built on this game was built on the Unreal Engine four and Unreal engine here instead of the uh i forgot the engine they used for the insane trilogy it's like a i think like an engine they built from scratch if the unreal engine 4 was the better performing one that's why i think the game looks a little bit better and i actually do like the the nice touch-ups to crash and everybody else like they feel like you know a nice progression from the the classics here um but it you know it's it's you know it's a little bit new but it's still keeps what makes the original uh the what made the original great like you still start with all your basic moves like you know the slam the 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 whatever the fucking slam the body slam move uh the double jump the slide oh that slide like you know like basically that crash 2 formula because i think that's why crash 2 is my favorite because it was like not too many new moves but just enough to like make platforming better i mean you didn't really need a tutorial introduction granted if you had played before you already knew those controls but even then it, if you were new you could pick this up and just get going oh yeah and the game also does a great job of introducing you to the game while not ha holding your hand yep and i think that's why that beginning level works so well because it's a perfect like throwback to the the fans to the fans who grew up with the games but also a perfect level for anyone who's this is their potential first crash game which I could definitely see this. Like, this definitely will be someone's first Crash game, and I could definitely see them, like, falling in love with it, like how we fell in love with the original trilogy. So, later, when that difficulty kicks in... I know. We'll, we'll talk about that a bit more yeah. here. But I also... And I yeah, I love the, the fan service, because they named, like, what, the, the Mountain Insane Peak, which is obviously a fucking reference to the Insane trilogy. Like, I don't think they ever na really name a lot of those or they really stick with a lot of those like naming of the levels or the uh the areas of the island that crash and coco live yeah and and sanity yeah it, i don't know i just i i really i really i really love it i i just the opening of this game definitely got me a lot of faith like okay i'm in a good time granted i also heard nothing but amazing things about this game when it first came out not even just from you but from reviewers as well and i don't know i just really like the int the introduction of this level and i also love that they introduced the new mechanics right right away uh like what's well, like after rails. like yeah the rails and then the first sentimental mass which i feel will be a perfect segue to talk about the new aspect that they added on so the the big new mechanics they added on to the game is rails like you can grind it in this game aka like uh sonic adventure 2 and ratchet and clank and they have elemental mass that changes has unique power-ups to spice up the kind of the hallway form formula that we all grown and loved here and i i would like to say most of them hit i do have some problems with some of them but I think 
most of them hit really hard and they add enough level of difficulty but also a interesting game design to the to the levels here for the game i mean what's good about them is it's not adding too much to make the game feel distant but it also begins to add puzzle elements to it i mean when you play bonus rounds in this one those ones don't feel like old bonus levels oh no they feel fucking hard as shit yeah they're really hard and they become more puzzles than they do regular bonus but i'm i'm fine with that no it, it felt again it feels like a natural progression like it feels yeah. like it feels like a natural progression of what the series probably could have been if this game was you know if rafa cortex actually got the treatment that you know about time did which also i love i love the fucking even the title of the game is a joke of just I mean, it's have, it's about time for a new crash game the yeah. game is legitimately about time <laughs> yeah like they knew the game that they were making and i just like that's why I think this game works so well is because it's just like it, it was just made with pure love. Like people who made this game clearly love the original trilogy and just love Crash as a character. So, but and, and again, it felt like a natural progression. Again, that's why I think like why Sonic Mania works so well is because even though a lot of the identity of the game is owned a lot to the predecessor, it takes all the best elements of those games and cuts out most of the fat and while putting in their new ideas to freshen up the series which exactly which a lot of people like it, it sounds easier said than done it's way harder than expect because again a lot of franchises have done this crash try to do it spiral try to do it oh sonic does it so many fucking times um I mean, the only you're talking the last you know crash warp 3 that was 1998 yeah so you have to go all the way from 1998 to 2020 and recreate that original fill. I mean, kudos to them. Yeah, and I think kudos to them. Granted, we did have the Insane Trilogy that kind of like, you know, yeah. gave, gave us that foundation of bringing it to the modern era. But they still did a lot of new stuff with it, like with the new mask. Mask, like, they do add a puzzle element to, like you mentioned, to the, the bonus rooms which i think that's why i like them because it adds like a puzzle element but it also adds like time reflexes to your platforming um kind of unique ways to keep the level fresh and it's not just like you know you just going down a hallway um they're very, they're implemented very well um the first match you unlock is the uh what like so the ability like like what so it's like help bring stuff from different dimensions it's basically uh switch switch platforming right yeah so the mask's name is lonnie loli and it basically right. shifts things in and out of different existence so you might have a platform moving but it isn't solid until you switch to that mask then it becomes solid but then you have to jump to another platform quickly switch back to the previous i guess plane of existence mm -hmm. so it's this real understanding and your reflexes being fast enough to quickly switch in and out of existences properly. Yeah, and I think that's I think a is the proper word, but it's the one I'm gonna use. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Like, just because the game also never really truly goes like kind of in depth, and, and they shouldn't because at the end of the day, this is like kind of a Saturday morning cartoon. So, you know, you want to have like you know, you're kind of your lore, but obviously don't put a lot of thought into it because then it, that's when it gets really dicey. Um, 
but I like that that's the first mask that introduced because I think that is one of my personal favorite masks and I think it's one of the perfect mask to introduce this new mechanic of like yeah, you know I think it's just simple enough to use but you see enough of what it does how what a difference it makes that it's a perfect starting mask oh yeah it's just a perfect starting mask and it's, it's actually again one of my favorite masks of the entire game um, and I also like the character I forgot the voice actor who does his voice but all I can think about is fucking Fez uh, Raz from uh, Psychonauts because it's the same voice actor to the point like it's well, not we can, do, we can go over the rest of the masks and go over the voice actors for each of them I mean this they did have they, they got the names of names for this game yeah, so because I I got all the voice actors and so we'll finish going over the masks and then we'll go over the voice actors because yeah. they got a star cast. They I mean, you got the Activision money, so you might as well get the big names <laughs> here. Uh, but the next one, the next one they introduced was the when you flip them, like flip gravity, right? No. So the next one was Akano, who has the super spin. Okay, the super spin, which at first I wasn't in love with that mass at first like it was fine but i i think it was just hard to get a grasp of it but then it, it did grow on me on time i did like it because it does it does do platforming very interesting of how like you know it keeps you in the air a lot longer yeah it basically makes you glide yeah it's it really is when you think about it kind of pointless for just regular spinning oh yeah it's but more about its ability to glide yeah, which I, the game definitely doubled down on that because it definitely that's why they yeah. put it there to help you glide. Because also they even added supplements like even though like because you, you're nonstop spinning, you can't touch TNT or nitro cards because you fucking die. Yeah, and it's also it makes the controls loose and hard to control, which I actually really love. That's a great trade off. Oh yeah, it, it, it feels like that's what should happen when you're spinning so intensely. Yeah, for a long period of time, like you don't have as much control. Like, you know, it's, it's enough control where you still are in control, but it obviously is not like, you know, pinpoint and things of that nature. Yeah. Uh, it just like, it, it, it definitely took a, a moment for me to grasp on it, but it definitely did at the end of it does turn out to be one of the masks I really enjoy using and things of that nature. So, and I also love, it's just like the, the character of that one, like Lonnie Looney, it's like this anxiety stricken, like, oh my God. Um, character. is just monotone. Let's He's a man of one word, very few words. And he just sounds like, he sounds like a guy who you don't want to really fuck with, but you can tell he probably has a big heart. <laughs> uh, which I do like him. And I, yeah, I like all the characters of the maps. Like, I like that they all have their unique character and they're all implemented very well to the story. Yeah. Like, and the interact. Is Kapunawa, the time mask. I... So the time mats might be my favorite. Like yeah. the time mats, I think, and I like that they introduced that pretty late in the game, because I think it's like, yeah, you're pretty you're pretty far in when they introduce the time mask, and I like it's just like an old grandmother. Been just, through, I think either like four or five worlds before you get her. Yeah, four or five. That sounds about right. Um, and it, I like that it's like this old grandmother who's just like, oh, crash, Coco. Like, just despite everything going to crap, she's got the huge smile and is, oh, how you all doing? Yeah, I'll give your grandmother a kiss. Like, all that shit. Like, I love that. But not even just like the character, but the mechanic of freezing time. Holy fuck, is so fun to do in the game. 
because and it's it, so perfect how it works where it only freezes it for a moment yeah it's like maybe five seconds tops like it's yeah. a very quick like you don't have a lot of time to work with but it brings that awesome element of being able to hit nitro crates and quickly get away yes which i love that i love that touch yeah. i think that's when the moment where i'm like i really like this master like i love it because you could use the night and not even just like break nitro carts without dying you can bounce off nitro crates to help you with your platforming yeah so i know you know you look at it and a lot of it is just to slow down enemies so you can jump over platforms but to me my favorite part was getting on those nitro crates because it adds another element you quickly have to get over them before time runs out otherwise you're just immediately dead yes yeah which i i i love it's it's so good like i i the time it's just like it just adds so much to the game that it became my favorite i every time i see the time mask i'm like yes because even some of those aspects that they introduce like th that you have to use the time are some of my favorite moments of pure platforming of the game yeah it and gives you a perfect amount of needing to rush but also it's only on for a limited amount of time yeah but it also gives you like a perfect like a, a very great sense of like range of like what you can do with that power up and also if you want to go for 106 percent like get all the boxes and things of that nature like it's very clever it's it's very it's i it, it is my favorite mass of the whole game here um and i really yeah. do enjoy it what actually goes to the the last mass which actually is my least favorite of the game is the yeah the 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 gravity switching one ika 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 I mean, I like the personality. Like, one's very positive, one's very negative. Like, I like that aspect. Like, the character in the mass is fine. It's just a mechanic. Like, it's not bad. It's just very rough. I never feel like I truly got the grasp of that mask. Yeah, it can be very disorienting. Which I can understand. I do like it because you can use it to kind of float long distances. Yeah. The hardest part for me using it is the acceleration when you switch. Yeah, because there's like a little... Whoa, and then all of a sudden you speed up so fast while moving in whatever direction. That's true. Because it's also like when you switch, you, you move very slowly at the very start. And then, yeah, it's like very quickly. It, it has a very weird adjustment. Um, yeah. Adjustment it's thing. It's one of those masks. I totally see why it's there. It's like a 100% understandable one. No, it makes sense. Yeah, like I get why you go with that mechanic, and I do like the idea of it. And I, I do think it's worked fine. It's just out like, of all, all the masks, is my least favorite. Of all the masks, I think it's the one that I could predict happening. Like if you had told me beforehand, oh, there's going to be four masks, and they each have different powers, I would have instantly known right away one is going to be gravity. The other three, I yeah. have no. Except maybe Lonnie Loli would be the second guess with the swapping. Probably. But, I mean, I would have never expected, you know, there'd be a time mask. Time mask, I, I'm actually not shocked, but it, like you know. Yeah, like, cause I feel like a lot of platforming platformers try to mess with time a little bit, but. Yeah, the gravity one's probably the one that is the most common. Um, or the one that I would probably predict the most, but, and again, I say it's my least favorite. I don't think it's a bad mechanic. I think it's worked perfectly fine for what it is. It's just the one I feel like I never truly got a true grasp on. Yeah. And, and it comes up so late in the game and I feel like he isn't used 
nearly as much as the others even after yeah like the only one i can really think of when after they introduce that mass is towards the end of the game like the last level which we'll talk yeah. about that because that's a whole other camel <laughs> but but yeah so final rating in my opinion on the masks time swapping existence super spinning and then gravity top to bottom that's pretty much at the same as mine honestly like yeah at the time my favorite one and i do like the switch in existence and then spin dash and then yeah like that's pretty fucking spot on so <laughs> uh i, I glad i'm glad that we kind of like agree on that aspect with the math but i do think and they they add enough layers to keep this relatively old like play style fresh and yeah they aren't trying to force too much new stuff that was going to be my main concern when it first came out when i saw the rail grinding i was like man they got to be careful with how many mechanics they add and i think they added just enough well and i think all the new mechanics that they add honestly just helps the pure platform read because one of my biggest issues with Craft Free, which I talked about in our Warped review, is they added too much to the point that it just, like, it was a lot of variety, which is, on paper, sounds good, but when in execution, you can just definitely tell which one's got the better treatment than others. And it just becomes oh. a little disorienting to me a bit. Like, switching to all those game styles. But then, going back to the masks, we referenced the voice acting before. Yeah, and they all have their own personalities. What a cast. So I have them <laughs> written down here. I will admit I'm cheating and have them written down. Oh, that, that's fine. So we first have Lonnie Loli, the mask that's swapping existences, voiced by Richard Horvitz, who he famously is known for his roles as Zim in Invader Zim. That is true. And also Billy and Billy's dad in Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. And I also, and I mentioned before, uh, Raz from Psychonauts, but that's just because I really love Psychonauts. <laughs> and then next one, the guy that did a ton of voices, Fred Tatashore. So he did Dinga Dial, he did Akano, the spinning mask, and he also did the Happy Ika Ika, so the gravity mask. Oh, wow, that's, that, that's weird. Anyone that's never heard of him, this guy has done projects across all ranges. I mean, he worked in DuckTales, and he even worked on Tim and Eric Awesome Show. Great job. Well, because a lot of those, a lot of voice actors have a lot of comedy background. Um, so that doesn't surprise me. Because I mean, like Tom Kenny, SpongeBob, like he was in Mr. Show. Like he was. Yeah, in I mean, like he did stuff like Family Guy and American Dad. He's, his voice has been all over. His most famous role, though, is as the Hulk in all the Marvel cartoons. Oh, wow. That's. Yeah, even the Lego games. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, I love that piece of trivia there. Yeah. And then, so, of course, we also have to talk about the OG mask, Aku Aku. Which is Clancy Brown, right? Uh, in this game, it was Greg Eagles. Which... <gasps> that's right. Clancy Brown backed out or like, like moved. Uh, Clancy Brown, I think. Aku or he does Aku Uka Uka. Yeah. But no, with Aku Aku, so it was Greg Eagles, who is known for being Grim on Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. Yes. But then the two game ones that when I first read up on him shocked me. He was Cyborg Ninja in Metal Gear Solid. Oh, wow. And then in Mortal Kombat 10, he was Jax and Baraka. Yeah. And they like, gave... 
That the guy has some range. Yeah. Well, then the other thing we have to talk about with Aku Aku is the truly OG actor Mel Winkler, who's been there since Warped when Aku Aku first started talking. Let's be honest. At the end of the game, at the end of the before the credits start, when they do in memory of Mel Winkler. Yeah, I think that's a very nice touch. The Aku Aku mask. Oh, dude. You are not a true fan if you didn't tear up at least a little bit. I definitely had a, a moment with that, and I played it on stream. And I definitely was already just, like, very disoriented with everything going on just because the last the, the end of the game gets really difficult. But I did like that touch. It was a nice, like, obviously they played, you know. And also the fact that they also, like, gave a shout-out to the original team on Naughty Dog. Yeah, just, like, a little nod to, hey, you guys are awesome. You guys couldn't do it without you of course yeah but i i did i did i did get a moment a, a small moment like i liked that they did in memory and i liked the art and it, it was very sweet and very touching yeah because he was the og he did aku aku's voice all the way through to insanity which is a good run like i mean about to say that's that's a good run there because when Sandy came out like yeah. 2005 2004 around that time period and so. even though aku didn't even start talking until warped in 98 it's one of those characters that you really connected with throughout the whole original trilogy and afterwards. Oh yeah. I mean, I so still remember really the great putting a nod to him. Poorly animated Aku Aku talking to you in the original Crash Team Racing. <laughs> <laughs> but the voice is great. It was just more like, and obviously it was the PS1. Like it's, I get it. Yeah. But that was a good touch. And then the I'm trying to think. I'm trying to see what Robert, because I saw Robert Craig Smith voice somebody in this game, and I've, I just, I, I don't know who he voiced because uh, I don't know if you heard of Robert Craig Smith. He's a very f famous voice actor. But the reason why I know about Robert Craig Smith is because he was recently the modern Sonic. Um, from he, I think started doing voices of, from Sonic Colors to his. I'm pretty sure his last game is now Team Sonic Racing because he's confirmed that he's no longer voicing the character. But I just, I don't know. I, I saw his name in the credits and I'm like, I want to know. I want to know. looking it up now. Oh my gosh. So he has a, he has a, like a, like he's like a very famous voice actor. Like obviously Sonic is probably his biggest. Cause I mean, Sonic is just that big, but like he, so he did Embryo and I believe he's the announcer at the end during the credits. Oh God. Yes. Oh, the one that's making me laugh though, is that. He was also in the most recent Yakuza game, Yakuza Like a Dragon. That doesn't. Dub. Well, he had to have some relationship with Sega because. Yeah. Sonic, and then you know the only other, the only other franchise they still like to touch is Yakuza. Which I know I need to go down that rabbit hole eventually. That is a fantastic rabbit hole. Oh my gosh. I don't like no his his discography is a rabbit hole that is worth going down but oh god he's even the announcer in the end uh i'm gonna save it to when we talk about the end game but uh I, the 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 announcement out to end really got me to say the least yeah it just says embryo and tv announcer so i'm believing by tv announcer it means the ending yeah i but they really had a stack cast i really love who voices cortex again because again whoever been voicing cortex like i think he's been voicing it since insane not insane a uh, sense twin sanity it's fucking spot on Check here. fake 
Crash Voice Lex Lane. Lex Lane, which sounds about. As you're actually looking that up, I'm gonna pause our recording real quick and run yeah. to the run to the bathroom. <laughs> so it's just gonna. All right, but the voice actor did he p pull off the voice actor here? <laughs> yeah. So the voice actor for Cortex was Lex Lang. Lex Lang. Okay, that's. An yeah, he started voicing Cortex back at Twin Sanity. Yeah, because I think it was Clancy Brown originally who did Cortex. I feel like that's right. I might be wrong, but I think that's right. I thought. I mean, it might be right. I thought he did just an Uka Uka, but. Well, he also, we, we all know Crancy Brown also did the, uh, you know, the famous, like, Crash Bandicoot Ward! <laughs> like, so. But I, I really like this, like, his voice of Cortex, because it fits the character, because it fits, like, this, you know, bumbling, clearly a genius, but a also a bumbling idiot at the same time <laughs> like which i love about cortex like cortex is easily one of my favorite attributes of the game speaking of actually cortex and stuff like that nature here we talk about the mask but you not only just play as crash and coco in this game you play as new characters and we kind of been mentioning them a bit you actually get to play as tanya and dingo dial and cortex which I will say, Cortex starting in two was Clancy Brown. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, that makes sense. Because I don't even think Cortex spoke in the first game. I don't think there was a lot of speaking. Spoke a little bit. It was Brendan O'Brien. Okay, that makes sense. A lot of the voices in the original game were actually done by one guy. Like the guy that does the voice of Crash did a ton of the other voices. Woo! If I recall. That sounds about right. Yeah, back especially in that era of like when voice acting and gaming was definitely not as... Yeah, the a beginning. priority. <laughs> you know, after the success of Crash One, you can start getting in some other people. Yeah, which is fair. But uh, let's kind of talk about the other gameplay mechanics because I yep. think what works about Crash Four compared to like Crash Warp of just like introducing so many gameplay mechanics is a lot. All the gameplay mechanics they introduce still has pure platforming in it, and I think that's why most of them pretty much succeed. It just adds a different take on the pure platforming, all this hallway style. Um, like Tanya, like has like a hook shot, has wall jumping abilities, and her levels are more designed kind of like, at, like I don't want to say action oriented, but they definitely have more like, definitely some high frills combat a little bit, a little almost grittier i mean granted you first see her in you don't first see her then you see her in the pirate yeah the pirate world, world. yeah that's when she, she feels like she fits the second world the industrial hazardous waste world she does yeah which i mean uh, we'll talk about yeah which we'll talk about like kind of how they implemented those gameplays because they i think they do a very unique take on it and i think it works well for the most part um but dingo dial I, I, I said this on stream. I don't know if you caught this, but when I got to play Dingo Dial, the first thing that come to mind is like, oh, Luigi's Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to go Mario. Yeah, the vacuum. and Which I love. Like, anytime you put a vacuum into a platformer, it's just going to go somehow back to Luigi's Mansion, which is rightfully so. Um, but I like Dingo Dial's play style because it's like slower paced, but 
it's still very precise platforming because you have like you have a lot more moves to your set because you have you can suck up and fire back crates and i like that you can suck up tnt crates and fire back at enemies i like that touch and i like the hover yeah. mechanic like it's definitely more slower paced but it definitely you gotta use your move set pretty well to get the maximum of the platforming yeah, the hover mechanic for jumps is really good. Oh, it's so good. Especially when you're trying to get the hidden gems and things of that nature. It's so good. And mm -hmm. and it, Cortex is... It, it's weird to call... It's really I, unique. Yeah, his is really unique. I really like Cortex. Like, yeah, it's it's like... If it's hard to say, it's not because I didn't like Cortex. I actually like Cortex playstyle, but it definitely plays... It's a little bit of like Dingle Dial and Tanya... But different aspects of it like cortex is definitely a lot more slower than crash or croco and but you have a lot of range because like instead of like in, instead of the glide for dingo dial cortex has the ability to turn enemies into objects that has just one or just a regular object you can jump on or two a extra bouncing one that you can get more air with it and he has his little dash for when he's in the air which i effing love that little dash and then the little like brief second that to regain its ground is so great yeah and it adds this element of it's sort of a puzzle because you have to know what type of platform to turn them into yes but there's also a timing element because you have to turn them into that as something else happens so if you have two of them so one let's say one platform above one platform below obviously you need to make the one below a jumpy one but you also have to stop the other one at the right time to even reach it. That's true. Yeah. Oh, and even like the dash, like you have to make sure you're doing the dash that even when you have that brief second that you're able to get back on a platform. Like it definitely out of all the play style, it definitely fits more of a puzzle platformer, but it totally fits Cortex as a character. And oh, yeah. it, I like how they implemented him and it's, it's really great. I had a lot, I had more fun with the Cortex levels than I think with Tanya and dingo dial even though i like both of them as well because i was about to say so your official ranking on the characters i that that one's some because honestly i do love all three but i will say it probably is like cortex and then the other two honestly it, it's it's kind of a toss-up because i do like both of them for different reasons but if i have to rank them now i would probably say cortex Tanya and Dingo Dial. See, mine, I actually have Cortex at the bottom. Mine's Tana, Dingo Dial, Cortex. That's fair. I, and honestly, I get that. Like, I think part of it is because she just feels a little more like Crash and Coco uh, compared to the others. I, I would say that. differences. Yeah, like she, it, out of all three of them, she is the probably the closest to Crash and Cor uh, Coco, but still well, has enough. Cortex is he's just a little harder to control and be precise. I and I think that's why I love Cortex's playstyle because I think that's why it adds the puzzle platforming. And I guess it's also because the last level I have to reach 100% mm. is a Cortex level and it is so hard. Which is true. Yeah, I didn't play that level yet, but oh, oh god, that's a that's a whole other camera worms. But I, I can understand it. But I really love how they implemented a new character. It fits to the play style of the original games, but adds a unique to, uh, take to make it fresh. Which again, that's just kind of what this game is. Like, honestly, 
well, again, just like Sonic Mania, owes a lot to its predecessors, but adds enough new elements to keep it fresh without being too overstuffed. Okay, so then the next question, now that we've talked about each one, what's your favorite new mechanic? The rails, the new characters, or the masks? That one's tough because the rails at first I did not like until like they were very when they started having fun with the mechanics of them like like you know getting very creative because at first it just felt like oh this is just an on rails moment at the end of the day which it still is yeah. but they add creative ways to uh with the level design to make them very fun to, to do yeah having to flip around and everything yeah if i have to say anything it's probably the mask are probably my yeah, favorite I, I would agree with that masks just followed by the different characters and then the rail system yeah granted i'm just gonna say this right now all three are very great introductions and totally oh, yeah. fit the game they are all amazing this is not saying which one's bad this is just a preference mm -hmm. and sorry i was also drinking some water here but for and, me the masks are just the perfect amount of new when also the mask also gets introduced with the rails because you get to like mess around with that so like and yeah. the masks are just going to be the that's because you could definitely tell out of all of them the mask got the most time and they were definitely the the selling point granted playing as the other characters was another selling point but you could definitely tell the mask was more because you're going to use them more and really one of the things i love about the different characters is you have only have to play as them really twice and that's when they're first introduced and then the food and truck level dimension yeah other than that they just appear as optional missions but those optional missions also tie into the main game because there's the moments where you'll see crash stop with the question marks wondering what happened yeah i hope i'm not spoiling this for you because i know you haven't played them yet i i i knew i kind of had a feeling because i also yeah. knew it was going to be a throwback to the first game because it's like yeah okay. because that happens because that character went back and played there yeah which makes sense like no and i i got that and i actually was wanting to bring that up because i think that's was a very perfect way to introduce it because the reason why i play a crash game is to play as crash or coco like play that style yeah. and i like that they're introduced at a right time of the gameplay where you know you're starting to get the flow of crash and it's like not like too soon but it's not too late in the gameplay like yeah. in the story and i do like that they are overall optional unless you want to go for a hundred percent or you want to kind of see the full aspect like they do still have an importance but you you can you can check it out yourself if you really want to yeah it's more just like a little nod of like oh that's why that happened yeah which i think was really cool and i think a very a, a great way to enter like to introduce the play styles here and things of that nature yeah, I always feel like if you have a game about time, having crossovers like that is just always a nice little element to me. Definitely a nice little touch. Yeah. Um. So speaking of that, should we kind of get to the end game stuff? Because I feel like that definitely deserves its own sec section. Because oh yeah, and and I do think we'll we'll put, we'll fit completion it uh, complete. Kind of like all the other bonus stuff to get to 106% to complete the game in this as well. But yeah, this is when my... I definitely have more problems with the game. So, completing the game is 106%. Fucking Toys for Bob was out for blood. They, <laughs> they took... Uh, oh, this is the Dark Souls of platformers to fucking heart. <laughs> like, oh my god. Just even completing the game 
getting some of these boxes, what you have to do is some of the most like hardest and tedious shit I have ever had to do in a platformer in quite some time. All I'm going to say to you is you still need to do the flashback tapes. Yes, which I... So we have an implement, and that's a perfect inter, uh, segue to introduce this. So there's... um. If you don't die, it's like if you don't die, right? At yeah, a certain point. If you point, don't die up to the point where the tape is, you yeah. collect it. Yeah, which I also love that. That's like a throwback of Vicarious Visions has history with Tony Hawk. And to me, that's like, okay, that's got to be a Tony Hawk reference. Um, with the, could you collect tapes in the Tony Hawk games for like special game modes? That's how my mind went. Well, what's great about the flashback tapes, just a nice little nod again. To the first game. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about Crash's training. Which they never talk really talk about. Yeah, like, all we really know is Cortex really created Crash, but at the same time, they don't really mention it until this game. And I actually really love how they implement that into the game because it plays a big factor in the ending. Like in the Yeah, because Crash was supposed to be the general of Cortex's army. Yeah. The other thing they do is only half the flashback tapes are about Crash there's one other playable character it's not coco but cortex no it's our girl coco okay i knew, i figured it'd be coco because i'm like because it's never been answered how was she made that's true yeah because cross if it was made yeah Ooh, that's pretty so cool i'm not gonna go into any spoiling about her but you get at least a little more pass on Coco, which has never been elaborated on. So that's super nice. That is cool. I really like, and that's why I like the flashback tape. I played a few levels just so obviously we can talk about it. And again, they kind of reminded me of like, oddly enough, like the Met, uh, Metal Gear Solid, like VR missions where they're just mm -hmm. like, you know, the bonus stages, but just like, you know, the developers just having fun with it. Yeah. Not necessary, but if you want to unlock more alternate skins and such. Which, oh man, we didn't even talk about the skins, which I had a lot of fun with. It's such a small, nice detail. It, it's like with Mario Odyssey. It's like, it's such a small detail, but it adds a lot more than you think because it just personalized your gameplay, your game, uh, your playthrough. And there's also a lot of costumes. Yeah, like there's a lot of costumes and they're not like just throwaway. Like they definitely like, you know, Definitely had some love, or at least, you know, had some fun with it. Obviously, yeah. my fa my favorite was the, the original OG. Polygon. Co yeah, Polygon. Just like in Super Mario Odyssey, when you... Spoiler alert for anyone who wants to play that, but obviously, I feel like it's well known. Towards the end of the game, you unlock the Super Mario 64 costume. And it's, it's just like that one, which I absolutely love. <laughs> it's like, I love the first costume you unlock for Crash, which is just him in a chicken. Yeah, him costume. as a chicken. And if you do it for Coco, she gets a unicorn onesie, and it's just... That's true, she does. And I, I do love that. No it's relation like, to anything, but it's just dumb and fun. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's a unique thing, and I really do love that. That That's all I really got to say about the skins. Yeah. It's just a nice small element they didn't need to do, but it just... It fits. It's a little more fun. Yeah. So the flat and I do like the flashback tape. It's like it's not necessary, but if you want to get every aspect of the game, and I do think it rewards player by just the, the kind of answers some stuff that we really never truly got any answers on from the original games, and definitely just also just simply like just confirms this as the fourth game of the franchise. Like this is where 
the franchise is like this is the true fork game and whatever comes afterwards like you know throws back to this so it rewards yeah, the other element is the inverted mode yes which is basically it's the same levels of like it's a bit this it's like the level that you play in the base game but just flipped it's a and, mix of that but they also add different filters to it that's true yes but sometimes there's other little tricks to it so on the first island you can't see when you play inverted mode but it uses echolocation so when you spin a little wave goes out and that's the only way to see anything yeah so that yeah that's true and it reminded like and i did like that it get again gets more playability i got so scared that was going to be how it was across all the worlds no it definitely is like each is unique part of it yeah. kind of reminds me of like so Rayman Legends kind of does something like that with the final world. Um, so there's like these musical levels, but they do like different remixes where they definitely add elements to fuck with you. But, you know, they give you enough where you can still get a grasp of like what you're doing. And also at that point, it's like if you're playing these, like if you're playing this mode, it, the game knows that you're aware of these levels in some way. The other like, thing I like about it is a lot of people would consider doing something like that lazy just for extra time and content. It's but not mandatory. It's enough that it doesn't feel like the same level. Yeah, no, it's it's enough that it, it doesn't feel like it's just like, you know, they just flipped it and call it a day. Like they add enough where it's like, you know, it rewards you for trying these out. But it's also yeah. not mandatory to beat the game. But then it also makes the hard levels. Oh, my God, you have to do it again. Oh yeah, Which I don't. I will just put the aside of polar, getting all the boxes. What a little asshole. Yeah, I can, I can, I can so see that. Trying to go for that hundred percent or hundred six percent, you got to do that twice. Mm. I'm also shocked we didn't even talk about like the stuff that they bring back from Crash Four, like the Crash Four, like the base platforming. Like they brought back polar and the hoverboard. Yep. Which. I mean, if you're going to bring back anything from those original games, those are the two. <laughs> and they also bring back that old chase style where you're running to the oh, screen. Uh, oh, yeah. I love that. And they implement yeah. that right from the get-go. Like, you get that from the first stage. Like, it's just such a nice callback that they did such a good job with. Oh, yeah. And it's not, like, over, like, done too much. Like, it's that perfect balance, like, enough to, yeah. to fit in. So. It used sparingly and at the perfect moments i agree <laughs> yeah i think i can't remember off the top of my head but i think it's either like four maybe five chase scenes which when you're talking how many levels there are it's like that's a perfect amount yeah i think that's a perfect amount too so but yeah the invert is great and yeah like this stuff so i don't have a problem with them being in the game and i think it's like you know if you want to get the bonus content and things of that nature it totally like you know rewards players for you know wanting to do more my problem with them though is to get the 106 percent well that's the other thing i was going to ask is what are your thoughts on the new gem system i'm very mixed about it so Conrad brought up the new the gem persistence. So in the original games, you just basically, if you be, uh, collect all the boxes, you break all the boxes, you get a gem. There's some gems that are very unique where you have to like do a certain special uh, challenge in that level that you have to unlock a certain color gem 
find a hidden gem things of that nature i i had the, i don't mind that play style but i understand why they probably want to spice it up mm -hmm. but this one i feel like it might have been too much <laughs> see i'm sort of on the different realm at first i didn't like it i said why is there six gems on each one you can almost count out the first three because that's just collecting wumpa fruit yeah and then you still have the one for all the boxes yeah you and still have the other two are just the little elements of hey how many times did you die which is works in this game because this game gets so freaking hard yeah which i i like that one i think that's a, the one i would actually keep and then the hidden gem which i can understand people not going for that one i actually like the hidden gem like it, it rewards you too. it rewards you for you know exploring the level like that's why like i'm very mixed about it because there are the, the the added gems that actually fit the play style and i'd like their implements but it's like yeah the wampa fruit one it's kind of like why like yeah like, that one is sort of unnecessary but it's fine to me that it's there it just doesn't really mean anything the true challenge though is the insanely perfect run award yeah which I... is getting all six of those gems in one run never dying so that's collecting all the wampa fruit getting all the boxes obviously not dying at all and then the hidden gem yeah that is painstaking i i got a few of them but and that's one of the things you need for the 106 percent that we've been talking about so that's when my problems with the game really comes in and i feel like that's a lot of people's problems with the game comes in is to beat the game if you just beat the game base game it's probably the best in the, tr the the series, in my opinion. Like, I think the story works well. The characters are very charming. The cutscenes are very well animated, very well done. And the gameplay is so tight. It's, I think, if you just do it by the base game, it's the best Crash game of the, of the franchise. I can understand that. My problem with that, though, is when you want to com fully complete it, like, me, like I... I have a hundred, I have a hundred percent everything in Crash One, Two, and Three. Yep, same here. I attempted to do it for this, and I just at a certain point I'm like, no, it's not worth it. Especially hearing what you get, it, it's not worth it to me. Like I will get the one hundred percent, but there's no way on earth I'm going for one hundred six percent. Like, which I understand bragging rights, but to the point that it just becomes so painfully hard that it's not even like rewarding. It's just more like torture. <laughs> and it get like, that's why I think why I don't, I, I have, I'm very mixed with the new gem system because it's just like, seems like a lot of stuff to collect just to hit that 106%, you know? Cause you also have to do it again for the inverted mode. Yeah. It's just, that's the last three gems I need is just in inverted mode with Cortex. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, I don't know. It's... it. This could be, like, on base game, this is the best game of the franchise. But if you're trying to complete it, it actually, I could see this becoming somebody's, like, hurting it enough where it's like, you know, fuck this game. <laughs> because <laughs> toys for bob was out for blood 
they really took the Dark Souls for platforming and really fucking ran with it. Yeah. But I mean, it's still nice enough that you can get through the entire base game without doing it. I think that's the saving grace. Like, it's optional. It's just if you're a completionist, you're going to be living in a nightmare. Which I know, like, I've seen, like, a lot of people who did complete, like, completion run, then there's, like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, ugh. That, that's where I'm very torn about, because it's, like, again, the base game, this is the best crass game of the series. But if you're bringing in the completionist aspect, that's when it really starts coming into a problem and things of that nature especially the end game so i feel like the game like almost ends three times so at some point you beat Ent entropy who becomes kind of like the main bad guy and i like his boss battle because i also like that the person he works with it's just another different dimension version of him but as a female and they are totally fucking they are totally <laughs> fucking would make sense if you're gonna have a relationship with anyone why not yourself um so they're t like I, I i love that aspect to the, the point i wish we got to see more of it because you really only see it for that that end point where you fight both of them yeah which i i kind of hate that you don't get to see that play of it and also you don't really get to see entropy as much as you think for being kind of like the main bad guy it also switches back to, of course, Cortex has to come back to being the villain in some way. <clears throat> Granted, I like how they did it. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, if you're going to have to go that route, it's honestly the best route to go. Like, make Cortex, like, he's a good guy. And then, like, you know, and then it's like, you know, you feel like you're playing an epilogue level, like them trying to go to a food truck in the future level, you know, only for him to realize... This is how I can break the cycle. He's like, wait, I have a small idea. And then all of a sudden, it loops back around. It loops back it around. It really to... does, because you go back to 1996. Yeah, ni which is the first game, which I think is such a great throwback. And it rewards players. It rewards the fans who've been with the franchise since then. And it also, again, answers a lot of questions that the game has just let, like the series has let ambiguously since then yeah and i just like i love and of course it also plays that that world is the hardest of the fucking game because crash one is the was the hardest of the original trilogy because some of those oh, yeah. levels are just bullshit and of course they have to you know inspire it which i think works well to it like i mean it tests you everything it's like okay you've used the masks before you better be expert at it now to get through this like the true gauntlet of have you truly learned the game yeah have you truly learned the game which all comes down to cortex's castle <laughs> the last I, little run with all the masks oh my fucking god like i'm pretty sure so i streamed that part I'm pretty sure that took me like two hours just to beat that game. And everybody I know who played it, like you, you were giving me shit, but you knew like you knew the pain. Uh, one of my other friends who played it, I mentioned it to him and he's like, oh, yeah, that last level's a bitch. <laughs> like, I will say this about the difficulty. When I first started out, the weird, it threw me off that they put this in this game and that's the landing marker. So you can see where you're going to land. Oh, yeah. 
Which I actually like that. That's a very, that's a much needed mechanic for this game. Well, what I liked is that they also give you the ability to turn it off. And this is oh fuck, that's true. Aside. Yep, I'll take a little aside and go to one of my other favorite series, which is the Hitman series. And the most recent trilogy there, what I love is in the options menu, you can basically turn anything on or off on the HUD. So I love having options like that, where you can control so many aspects of the HUD and how you control, which is why I loved it in this game that that was an option to turn off the landing marker. And so you... when I started, I was like, oh no, I'm a crash purist. I'm taking that off. Oh God, you can bet your butt that I turned it back on when I got to like the third or fourth world. Yeah. Cause I didn't, I didn't turn it off. Like I actually think it needed to be implemented. Cause that was always one of my biggest criticism with the original Crash games, especially with Insane Trilogy of just like, you never really truly understand your points of perception with some of the platforming. And a lot of my deaths were just because of that bullshit. So yeah. it, it added enough, but man, Cortex's castle has to be easily one of the hardest game levels I have played in quite some time. And especially because that end part where they throw all the mask at you and it's like a fucking gauntlet. You're just like, oh my God, like you, you have like, yeah, you have to know somewhat master the game to really beat it. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like there's a checkpoint before that or there's a checkpoint before the whole gauntlet, but nothing but during it. Yeah. Unless you die enough times. Yeah. And that's the other thing about it is we all know the classic crash pity mask. If you die enough times. Yep doesn't help you during that gauntlet really doesn't really fucking does and also i was a class period so i i'm like oh i gotta do i gotta i gotta do lives because you know i i'm that retro fucker oh i regret it by that point like by that level of like most of my time going back like most of the difficulty was the fact that i just hit game over and i had to restart the level yeah but oh god it's a uh like i admire him for fucking like just you know saving it to the end gets giving you all the god but fuck that level so much <laughs> but it did feel good beating it like once i finally beat it it felt amazing oh the sigh of relief just and the final boss with cortex i really enjoy like i actually like the boss battles in this like the crap it, it, it brought why the boss battles in crash can be somewhat charming but they bring enough difficulty and uniqueness to each of them that you know, they felt, you know, they had their challenge. Yeah, and definitely forcing you to use the new mechanics of the masks. Yeah. Which is just enough that it's not, you know, over the top. Yeah. Because I think each boss had, like, just one mask until, like, Entropy. Yeah. Where they bring, they do the elemental, like, the dimension mask when you're on the rail, which is a nice reward if you get all those little uh, dots. You get the... <laughs> Like the game, like the... I saw that, I laughed so hard. I, I did. I'm so glad I got to watch you on stream when you got. Oh, it. I did. That's right. I I streamed it. I got it. I like laughed. So I'm like, oh, that's so good. It's I... so unexpected, but it's great because during that rail sequence, you're traveling through all the different dimensions and times. Yeah. That you hit that and you get that crash one Easter egg. Yeah, it's. So... They, out of, I would not expect, cause you know, to get going with back in, like going with time again, you think they will do like more fanfare to the third game, 
they did so much more fanfare to the first game that I actually admire them doing that. Oh, yeah. To the fact, not only like those small Easter eggs, the fact that you technically go back to the first game. <laughs> like, and it, it explains a lot. Like, it honestly explains so many plot holes that honestly didn't really need to be answered. But they yeah. answered them, but they answered them in the best way to keep it in theme of the game. Like, the fact that when you beat Cortex, the reason why Crash actually fail is, be like, the whole experiment fails is because of Crash. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those things that you always have to be careful with, but they pulled it off. Is They pulled it like up beautifully. That. Yeah, when you go over explaining it, I want to make a sort of a weird reference here, but like slender man gets worse the more he's given a backstory oh yeah so you have to be careful going into explanations about things but this one is so small it's just oh future crash bumped into something to help create that's all it ne that's all it needed yeah that's all it needed and like and it would also explain why like cortex doesn't like doesn't recall when he tried to stop himself yeah like you know, he doesn't have to go into huge detail about why he's using animals to create his army or any of that. Because like, he got the he got the playbook for Robotnik. That's why. <laughs> it's, it's just Crash bumped into something, and that's why it messed up. And Crash won, and Crash became Crash. Yeah, Crash. And it's just so great. Like, it, cut and dry, right there. I have to admire this game of just like the fan service they did, and it's just that right level where it doesn't overexplain it, but it's like it rewards you for knowing where the game came and the fact that it goes back to the first game and the fact that it's still as brutally difficult as the first game even with all the new elements i mean this is where i have to give the props to toys for bob and b knocks up this game was risky when you really look at all of it what they were trying to attempt like honestly i'm like they really hit for the fences with this if this game did not succeed and live up to expectations it would be one of the biggest video game disappointments of all time i would theorize because it would definitely be a it, huge disappointment yeah because during it they redcon all the other games in the series they do they try to explain what happened you know in the past to make crash crash Yes. And trying to do that and failing would make so many people feel Yeah, because it's like, oh, that's not the true origin. You know, that's not the true way. Like, type stuff like that. Like, the fucking yeah, feeling. Like, and you, messed up, you messed up the origin story, and you are sitting here saying, like, the other games are bad when your game's awful. Yeah. So, you know, they had huge, huge balls to pull that. <clears throat> like, that's just a huge risk, but... They succeeded. They succeeded with flying colors. Like, honestly, yeah. like, even to the point, like, Sonic Mania, like, they, they don't say it in-game, but they definitely hint it with, like, the promotion that this is the true Sonic 4, and Sonic 4 that we got isn't really canon. Granted, the Sonic canon, I don't even fucking know what's canon and what's not canon anymore, to be perfectly honest. So, but it, it is like that where it's, like, they obviously, like, know, like, hey, this is the true fourth game of this franchise and i also love that it's also like they're both the fourth game that's why i think i compare sonic mania a lot because it's like it's kind of like what they did with the original trilogy of sonic games and but it's a crash but the fact that it like 
they kept what made those games great, but added enough elements to keep it fresh, but they all really hit hit their home run where I do hope they get to continue on making their own takes on that. And also all the Easter eggs to people who have been with the franchise since the beginning with all like, you know, like they retcon it, but not even just that, like the total like nods, like the, again, like I mentioned before, Cortex of Tallies is the number of games that came out. I mean, like the other ones that I love, and this is my absolute favorite level is in the Mosquito Marsh world the mardi gras level as i call it oh i love the mardi gras that's probably is my favorite level of the game i mean it's also because you know i'm a music guy so seeing the entire level synced up to the music was just one of the most impressive things that's one of my favorite aspects of that level why i like i love it so cool for them to do that but also small things in the back like all of the different floats you're like oh my gosh there's fake crash oh yeah it's like yo it's our boy fake crash and i'm just that Spyro in there and you're like oh my god that's one of the things I can say I've always loved about the Crash Bandicoot series is it really it has no relation to Spyro it really doesn't unless you count in you know the Game Boy games crossover we don't even then we don't it's just they're known as being the trilogy of the PlayStation well and yeah and also because Insomniac and Naughty Dog at the time they were neighbors like office neighbors so that was yeah. the reason why they kind of show love to each other because they were making the games around the same time. So they're just like, you know. So it's just this great that like Crash will make references to Spyro. Yeah. And it's just, I love that. And I think that's why that's like my favorite. Like also the fact that the music, like I love when music implemented into the uh, platforming and it like adds on to it. Because Rayman does a great job with that as well. And that's yeah, why those levels... Yeah, that's why those are like my favorites. And I, yeah, like how they did it with this craft, like where Crash 4 is so great. Like the level of fan service for this game is over the moon, but it's like, it's not just like, oh, hey, remember this. It's like, hey, remember this, but they do like, you know, it fits the story. Yeah, it's not in your face. Hey, hey, we remember this. It's that sort of, oh, if you look off to the side, there's something. Yeah, like the only it, one that's in your face is the no. Easter egg. Yeah, and even then you have to earn it. Like it's yeah, not and but it also makes sense at that moment of why yeah. it would be in your face. This I yeah, like I again if it wasn't for going to 106% and just the difficulty gets so crazy crazy, like the base game of this game, like of Crash 4, is straight up the best of the franchise and i don't even think it's even a close competition like yeah, the main factors that make it tricky for me to say is just the nostalgia factor of two and warped yeah but even then like i just think it takes the best attributes of two and warped and just refines them and that's crash four yeah if like, you try to ask me my favorite or what i think is the best that's going to be too difficult for me to well, answer and, and and that's what i'm also good if it wasn't for the difficulty spike and it wasn't for like if you really want to complete the game the fucking hell you have to go through this probably would easily be my favorite of the franchise but the fact that those exist in the game i have to knock it a bit down but granted i still highly highly recommend this game like honestly craft 4 it's about time it's definitely one of the best games I played recently. Like I had nothing but a fun time with this. Like if I actually got the chance to play it when it first came out in 2020, it definitely would have been one of my favorite games of the year, like hands down. 
Like, it's that fucking good. I mean, I can say as far as recent games go, I'll do my top three, which would in no particular order. And that'll be Crash 4. And then the next one is going to be Crash Nitro Fueled. <laughs> and then Hitman. <laughs> the whole the whole trilogy. <laughs> World of an Assassin trilogy. So you already have two Crash games up there. I mean, I don't know if you want to count Nitro Fueled since it's a reboot. Yeah, I I, I mostly, I mean, like, because I, I, I played enough like what games came out like last year like modern games but i mean for platforming wise like this definitely is the best i had with a platformer since celeste like it's that fucking good like i love like i love my time at craft war it it was very ambitious like especially playing it like i didn't think it was gonna get as ambitious as it did and it it, it, it was a home run like honestly everything worked outside mm -hmm. of like you know the 106 percent and the difficulty die spike and those are literally my two biggest yeah, that's criticisms. Really only if you're a completionist. Yeah, and yeah, and really, yeah, it's just a comp like if you're a completionist. Granted, yeah, if you're just about getting through the game, definitely no need to worry about that. Get points knocked off that way. Yeah, and that's if why you are I someone that needs just needs that hundred and six percent. Then you know, God bless you. Yeah, and it's one of those that, like, I have to criticize it because it is part of the game. And you have to judge the game as a whole. But granted, I do respect it that it is optional. Granted, if you're going to go for it, excuse me. Uh, yeah, Godspeed, because uh, it's not a good time. It's, uh, it's a rough time indeed. But and it's also just, a, like, the it's, it's a right out of the fan service, but also still has an identity of its own. Like, this does, like, you know, like, even taking off the fan service and things of that nature it works on its own like oh, it yeah. is like i can see someone this being their first crash and still loving the character like loving these this game not knowing the original granted you probably get more of it when you do know it but it probably will interest you to play the first game again so like i i really love crash 4 like crash 4 is again just kind of think about it Crash games don't really have lore. The most is pretty much that Crash escaped. Yeah, Cortez. and at some point Crash had a, a girlfriend with Tanya, but even then they kind of like abandoned yeah. her pretty quickly. Because even then, really the reason to start from the beginning is just to get used to the characters. And and even then, like Crash, like at first was trying to be kind of like you know that cool ant, like you know the like that two character that Sonic created in the '90s. Like yeah. this platformer has attitude but, yeah, but like you could start at crash 4 without playing warped all you would need to know is oh yeah that was an enemy that crash beat and they were sent to this universe. yeah when so, even like crash characterization because i also like how as the future games happen crash just became more of an idiot a bumbling idiot and i think that fits crash more than you know he's a bumbling idiot but he has tood i mean i sort of mentioned the series earlier <clears throat> when we talk in voice acting and that's the yakuza series oh my god if you don't start from the beginning there you're not gonna understand a damn thing oh yeah which i know one day i will one I day mean, yakuza 4 they installed a whole section on the menu that is just a recap in fact each game has that just a recap to go through everything that happened in the previous games because there's so much that's fair but of course, i 
that's a different series. I mean, yeah, that's that's a different series. That's a different conversation for a different day. But no, like I, what I think we were just all trying to say is basically, I recommend Crash Four wholeheartedly, especially the fact, especially the fact that I've been seeing the game on sale quite a bit. I played the Switch version, which obviously is the worst performing version, but I'm even impressed how well they were able to port it. Granted, I think it's capped at 30 frames per second, and you could definitely tell the visuals took a hit, but it still runs very well. And that's 40 bucks. Like, that's like, you definitely get your bang for your buck, where another game that came out for as $40, uh, Sonic Forces, definitely does not feel like I got my bang for my buck. But Crash 4, I definitely feel like I got bang for my buck. And then, even if you get like, the PS4 version, like full price, which I think it's still sixty. It's still sixty, you know. Um, excuse me. Uh, with that, you get the PS5 upgrade. Like you get the next gen upgrades, which improves quite a bit from what I understand. Um, I was hoping because my friend has it. He has the PS5 version. I was hoping to maybe try that out before we record, but obviously I, we couldn't make that work. But yeah, this is such a great game for what you give, and it's so reason like I, I can't hard, hardly recommend this game enough. And we haven't even talked about the soundtrack yet. Every Crash game, even the lower games, had banging soundtracks. This one's no exception. I mean, I always reference it, even though it's definitely not the best Crash game. Twin Sanity. It does have an amazing soundtrack. Even if you don't like that game, that soundtrack is a 10 out of 10. Like, I agree. Like, and this game in the soundtrack is just, again, it feels like it continue on from Crash, like the the original trilogy. Like, it it understand what made this, like, what works about this series musically and just runs with it. And I think that's what's also great about that Mardi Gras level is it's got that classic crash, you know, silly feel to everything. Oh, yeah. Now the entire level is synced up to that music as well. I I agree. Like, that's why that level is probably my favorite of the game. And it works with because like the musical details and things of that nature. Honestly, like this game is such like you can can't tell this game came from a place of love. And they clearly understand why Crash works and that whole world works. And I mean, and it was done reviewed very well. Like it has uh, 85% on 85 on Metacritic. And it, I mean, most people reviewed it positively. Like there's rarely any like bad reviews of this game. Like people like even who love the original Crash games are people who are just loving platformings and this is their first Crash game absolutely adore this game and again i think really the only big criticism of it is the difficulty spike and the fact that if you're trying to complete it it becomes fucking brutally difficult i mean the simple way i would put it is if you've never played a crash game super highly recommend it if you've played the original trilogy it's a must oh yeah I say it's a must regardless. Like, if you just love playing platforming games, this is yeah. definitely a must for, like, any platform. Because it's it's such a good time. And I can't recommend it enough. And 
I feel like we will get a this series will continue because it seems to sold pretty well. It's hard to get like actual numbers, but it was already like hitting close to the top 10 of t selling games for the month of uh, September when it came out the last week. Well, I mean, this is where spoiler alerts about 106% that I looked up on YouTube. Same here. <laughs> so, you know, if anyone is going for the 106%, you know, skip ahead. But the two things hinting at the next one, you get 106% in the beginning of the game when you start on the island. There's a TV there. You spin it, and it shows all the menus from the previous games. Yes. Awesome little bit of fan service. You get the 106%, though. When you spin it after the Crash 4 title, a weird little logo appears up for just a few frames. Yeah, which looks like a Google Chrome knockoff, yeah. but then there's like an additional cutscene. That yeah, you it's get. like a mix of like a Google Chrome Firefox icon with a Wampa fruit in the middle. Yeah. So that pops up, which is curious. And then, yes, the 106% final cutscene. When you play the game, you realize the super evil mask, Uka Uka, who was the main villain of Crash Warped, you only see him in the beginning. And he's just like left behind. Yeah. But at the end, if you get 106%, you hear him laughing and he briefly pops up for just a moment. Hinting that if the series does continue, we kind of know where they would continue on. Yeah, they're going to bring Ukuga back. I mean, I'm not even going to call it an if it continues. I'm calling it a when. I say it is a when, too, because I feel this game is considered a success. Like, it was a critically success. Everyone who played it loved it. And it seems to be doing well. And also the fact that the, even the mobile game's doing really well. Like, Crash is in a very... It may not, like, sold as much as Insane, but I don't think that's ever going to happen because, you know, you also have the nostalgia factor with that. With yeah. this, you have the nostalgia factor, but it's also a brand new game, which is a harder sell. But I do think we're going to see more Crash. And I honestly really love where the series can go and i think it has a brighter future than it ever had before and yeah. crash 4 is a main reason behind that because if this game was not as good as it was i'd definitely be like you know crash just deserves to be in the past like it had its time we got the insane trilogy you know like we had our fun but now it's like you know crash made a spot of like why we the series should continue and why it has its place in the gaming sphere and i hope we get to see more crash teams games from hopefully toys for bob or Beatox. but i'm like if not they you know the developers of this game somehow have a hand to help continue this franchise oh yeah if it stays with the same team i am high hopes which i, I think it will yeah uh Once again that was my main concern as we referenced in the beginning of when I saw it was a different developers, that I was a little hesitant. Mm -hmm. And by that, I mean that Vicarious Visions did Insane, Vnox did Nitro Fuel, that seeing Toys for Bob pop up, I was a little like, Ugh, they're adding a different developer. Granted, they also did the Spyro United trilogy, which was also as good as the Insane. Yeah. You know, I had faith. I definitely was a little skeptical, but that's probably more on my Activision side and just where the franchise has been. But honestly, I'm so glad this game turned out as well as it did. And I hope Spyro gets the same treatment here soon, which I think is going to happen. Like, you know, just take the Crash 4 route. Just, you know, 
retcon the series. Everything that happened after Year of the Dragon never happened. Exactly. And just continue it on. So, but I think uh, special for Spyro, there needs to be some forgetting. Yeah, there's definitely got, and especially because Spyro. I mean, even Crash got rebooted, but Spyro got rebooted so many times. Like, I mean, the instant they gave Crash tribal tattoos, that was the clear end of it. Yeah, basically. But, but man, remember, those games don't exist anymore. They mentioned that. Yeah, they, they, they do. They totally do here. But at the end of the day, again, I, I know I've been just repeating, but if you love platforming games, if you love Crash Bandicoot, if you just love, you know, a good challenge, it would a Saturday morning cartoon feel like I can't recommend Crash 4 enough. Crash 4, it's about time. Lives to its title. It's about damn time we got this game because this is the true game this franchise needed, and I am so looking forward to whatever game that follows up to this. And that's pretty much all I got, unless you got some last closing thoughts on the game here, Conrad. Nope, I totally agree. If you want a quality game, Crash 4. And if you are an original Crash fan and you don't own it yet, you have no excuse. I, I agree. Like, honestly, this was made for fan service, so I I agree. I definitely agree here. But thank you, my friend, for stopping by to talk about yep, this game. for with having me. me. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad I got you on this particular episode and you got to see me stream this for a bit, which is a perfect segue for me to, uh, to pl plug my Twitch channel here. Uh, if y'all haven't noticed, if you've listened to the few couple new episodes, I started streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash T-Roy Jenkins, uh, Jenkins, like T underscore Roy Jenkins. I, um, I started there. I primarily stream whatever I'm eventually going to talk about on the podcast on stream. So it's like I get to interact with y'all and also, you know, play the game that I'll eventually do an episode on. But I also do, uh, you know, uh, play games like Smash Brothers, Mario Kart, things of that nature with y'all. So if you haven't already, feel free to follow my channel. I would definitely appreciate it because, you know, it's nice to interact with y'all while I'm playing these games for the po podcast here on that. And you, you can do what Conrad did and just shit talk me the entire time. Because <laughs> uh, he, he, he was throwing his big boy shoes like, oh, like you're just here. <laughs> I was going to throw you a helpful hint during Cortex Castle, but I was like, no, I'm going to make him do it all. Oh, myself. fuck you. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Fuck you. Oh, uh, like you, you did it. You get more relief than having gotten help. That's true. Like, I mean, I've been really, but at the same time, that like was a fucking hellstorm. So, but yeah, feel, feel free to follow me there. And also like, if you want to follow the show on social, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, up and down and all around. Uh, if you want to contact me, we do have an email up and down and around at gmail.com. You can also message me through Instagram. That's where I will probably reply the quickest. Uh, feel free to join our discord i'll drop a link in the in the description uh where you can make suggestions of what future games i can do also we do share the dankest memes and all that good stuff here so it's a good time uh conrad is there anything you want to plug before we start wrapping up no no what no no what? <laughs> but i not exciting enough hey dude i no no worries i i i'm happy i got to get you on this episode the show for this particular game this was a lot of fun and 
maybe we will do this the same in the near future for a Spyro type treatment. Yep, and Crash 5. I mean, I think Crash 5 is going to be a couple years out, but I think the next Spyro yeah. game is probably an intimate tier. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's within the next year or two. But we'll, we'll, we'll see that. But thank you again, my friend. And thank you guys again for listening here. I hope y'all had a fun time listening to this and, you know, are doing well and things of that nature. And thank you guys for your patience with all, like, the inconsistency with the schedule it's just been everything's been getting weird just with like you know back in february with that freeze kill like literally destroyed my schedule for a lot of the future games i had planned for scheduling reasons and just a lot of personal stuff coming into play but we should be having a more consistent schedule but i can't thank y'all enough for sticking by the show and thinking by the streaming service it streaming games it really means a lot and i can't thank you enough and hopefully we will be more consistent from here on out but we'll we'll figure that out but thank you guys again for the love and support we and thank you again conrad for stopping by and talking some crowds for and i hope everyone just please don't be please don't be a dick be kind to your fellow person wear a mask wash your fucking hands don't be a dick treat people with care and Take it easy here.